All right, so there used to be this thing that would happen in schools, kids. Have you ever heard of paddling before? They used to, if you did something wrong, take a piece of wood and hit you with it in school. I remember these days, and I was thinking about what I'm about to talk to you about in a moment, and I remember this incident of something I did that resulted in me getting paddled by the top, one of the top three guys in my school that you did not want to get paddled from, and that was Mr. Powell, our PE teacher. So what happened was we were in gym, it was PE time, and we were playing this game called Battle Ball Tag. Basically, it's tag, except one to three people have a ball, and if they touch you with the ball or throw the ball and hit you, you're out. Last one standing wins, gets to get the ball and be the ones that hit people afterwards. So we're playing this game, and early in the game, really early in the game, uh, Mr. Powell blows the whistle, points at me, and says, I'm out. I didn't see a ball near me. I didn't feel a ball touch me. I was mad. I felt like there had been a great injustice done. So I had to go across the gym, sit in the bleachers, and sit out the rest of the game. One of my friends got out, sat next to me. We're talking about it. I'm so mad. Like, I, the ball wasn't even near me. I don't even know where the ball was, but it didn't touch me. I can't believe he called me out. And so I, I had to do something with my anger. I was so mad that in that moment, I did something unbelievable. I stuck my tongue out at Mr. Powell. From across the gym, probably from here, about halfway through our worship center was where he was, maybe even further back. I was just sitting there and I went. And as soon as my tongue got fully extended, my eyes met with Mr. Powell's eyes. And I saw him go like this. The the two finger come here is usually means you're going to die, in case you didn't know that. And uh, so he did this thing, and I remember walking over, and I got one lick from the paddle from Mr. Powell. It hurt really bad. Uh, And so first, moral of the story is probably Benham Elementary School was the reason why paddling got outlawed. I'm not sure. Uh, That might be the case. But as as I'm thinking about where we are right now as people, as a culture, as a society, I believe many of us feel like that. Little Bill Clark at Benham Elementary School where we're so mad about things and things seem so unfair right now that we just want to do something with that. We just want to do something with that emotion, do something with that anger. So for me, it was just sticking my tongue out and I got in trouble for it. Uh, But I believe in many ways we're like that right now. We're mad. There's a lot of people. Have you noticed people seem a little mad lately? A little bit mad. Now, I want to start off by saying we sometimes should be mad. (laughs) Like, there are things that legitimately should cause anger. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. But, you know, we should be mad about racism. We should be mad about the pandemic. Honestly, I think we should be mad about social distancing because if we're not sick and tired of social distancing, well, some of you might be like, yeah, I love social distancing. I hated being around people anyway. That's a whole other sermon. Uh, but, you know, most of us are sick of that. And, and you know, after a while, there's some anger with that. And you know, what we've gone through almost for four months now has been nothing short of traumatic. And when you experience trauma, when you experience these issues I've named, yeah, you probably should get me, be mad. But what do you do with that anger makes a difference. How you handle it makes a difference. And we've been talking about how we're the church deployed over these last four weeks now, week five of this, we're part five of church deployed. And what I want you to understand today is you can make a difference by just simply being different. And we're going to learn today how people are not the enemy. People are not the enemy. 
In fact, people fall in one of two categories. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, every single person you see fall into one of these two categories. One, they may be a follower of Jesus. And if they are a follower of Jesus, they're part of your family. They're part of, they're on your team, actually, all right? And then if they're not a follower of Jesus, then they fall into the category of someone you want to try to show Jesus to so that they too could have faith in Jesus and be adopted into the family of God. So that's it. Those are the two categories. So when you get mad and throw a whole bunch of anger and throw a whole bunch of junk and at someone, you get mad at someone, you push them away, you say mean things to them. When you do that, you're doing that either to someone who's already a part of the family of God that you're a part of, or you're doing that to someone that you should be reaching with the love of Jesus Christ. So do you see where we're getting at here? There, there's a problem there. And that's why we learn very clearly in God's word that people are not the enemy. I want to show you who the enemy actually is. I want to read one verse for you, Ephesians 6.12, and it says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, I love the original language of the Bible. There's some really cool stuff that you find from doing word studies. This verse was originally written in Greek, and I'm going to have some fun with three words in this one verse. The first word I want to look at is the word that's translated rulers in that verse. The Greek word there is archos, or it looks like archos. <laughs> and it's where we get this, uh, you may have heard of the archbishop, or you may have heard of the archangel. It's where we get that, and it literally means the original. You know, we talk about someone ruling, we think of just someone who is put in a position of leadership. In this case, it's bigger than that. It's the original. It's the OG, the first one that ever existed. That's what this is referring to. Well, guess who the OG troublemaker is in the universe? It's the devil. He's the OG. So that's who the rulers are. This other word, cosmic powers, I love this one. Check out this Greek word, cosmocrator. I think that's the name of the new villain for Marvel Comics right there. Cosmocrator. It's a great word. It literally means Satan. It's, a, it's an epithet for Satan himself. That's who we're up against. The cosmic powers who are over this present darkness. The Greek word for present darkness is skatos. I, I love this one. This is my favorite one because that Greek word literally means shadiness. You've said that, right? Like, you know, this seems a little shady. I'm not sure if I want to go here. This, that's what the devil is in charge of, this present darkness, the shadiness. So over and over again, in one little verse in the Bible, the Bible makes it very clear who the real enemy is. It's not people. It's the devil himself. It's Satan himself. And we forget that there's a real enemy out there sometimes. I'm not one of those guys that if I trip on the sidewalk, I'm like, well, the devil tripped me trying to bust my face up. You know, I don't, I don't think that way. But if I'm not careful, I'll swing the other way and forget that there really is an enemy that we need to be thinking about. Just one verse before this one says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He's a schemer. He's got a game plan. He's working. He's organized, trying to get us to fall off our game, trying to get us to fall into his traps. That's what he does. 
1 Peter 5 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he's a real enemy. He is looking. He is looking for an opportunity to get you, to get us. John 10.10, Jesus himself says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Even Jesus says, here's the difference. Enemy, he is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life, give abundant life. Now, I want us to jump just a couple of chapters earlier in this book of Ephesians, Ephesians 4. Let me read to you verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So I said earlier, you're probably mad. You're probably frustrated. We've all experienced some trauma during these past four months. There's a lot going on. You have that. It doesn't say in the Bible, don't be angry. It literally says in Ephesians 4.26, be angry, but do not sin. (laughs) So it depends on what you do with that anger, right? Who you mad at? Are you mad at the wrong people for the wrong reasons and handling it the wrong way? Then you're probably not doing it right. You need God's help to point out to you who the real enemy is, and it's not people. I love how it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. If you hold on to anger, you're no longer in your playground anymore. You're in the enemy's playground. He's got you right where he wants you. If he can get you to hold on to your anger, not handle it the right way. Now, I'm going to jump over to verse 29. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Hey, Jesus followers, (laughs) the enemy can't defeat you, but he can divide you. He can't defeat you but he can't divide you. This passage that we just read is really cool because if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it says you have his Holy Spirit that has sealed you for the day of redemption. He can't have your soul. So what he will try to do instead, he's a schemer. If I can get them to go against each other, if I can get them to be divided against each other about things like masks, politics, Music, (laughs) the temperature of the room you're in, what they said on social media. It's almost like the Apostle Paul, as he was inspired to write these words for the church in Ephesus, he had this ability to see in this spiritual uh, way America in 2020 during a pandemic. What are those believers in Jesus going to focus on? How are they going to handle their disappointment, their frustration, their emotional trauma? How are they going to handle it? Will they fall into the enemy's scheme to get them to look at each other and yell at each other and be against each other? Or are they going to realize that, oh, that's exactly what the enemy wants? To focus more about things like masks and politics and social media posts rather than the mission that's right before us in the midst of a pandemic while people are hurting, while people are confused, while people have questions and they're seeking, then instead we die on different hills. What if we die on the hill of like, you know what? 
There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things, but I'm not going to die on a hill of whether people should wear masks or not. Or I'm not going to die on a hill of a political uh, politician vote, election, polls, opinions about that. I'm not going to die on those hills. Instead, I'm going to die on the hill like, do I actually love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do I love others like I love myself? Sacrificial love. Let's die on those hills. 1 John 4, 4 says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have eternal victory. Why? As I've heard my son Cameron say, why are you mad, bro? <laughs> why so angry? Well, listen, there's a lot to be mad about. There's a lot to be frustrated about. I get it. I don't like having to do life the way we're having to do it right now. But in order to be safe, in order to love people, in order to save lives, we have to do things differently right now. And I just wonder if maybe the best way we can be the church deployed right now, the best way we can make a difference in the world is to show the world something different. That there, is, there are people in the world who aren't throwing grenades at each other. They're instead linking arms with each other and saying, you know what? We feel differently about some of these issues, but we still love each other because we have a good, good father who's adopted us together into his family. And we are together. We are unified. What if we did life that way? We can make a difference in the world by simply showing the world what unity looks like. That's how we can make a big difference. I can't think of anything more countercultural right now than humility. I can't think of anything more countercultural right now than me standing next to someone who feels a little differently about the issues of the world and saying we love each other and we're here for each other and we'll lay down our lives for each other. That's what the world's not seeing right now. There's nothing more countercultural right now than a calm response. Or no response at all when someone throws something angry at us. So here's the thing. Here's what you and I have been deployed to do. We often talk about what our next steps are. Our next step today that I want to put before you comes straight from God's word himself. Ephesians 6, 32. You've been deployed to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Is that who I am? If someone were to look at my social media posts, if someone were to eavesdrop on my conversations, if someone were to look at my life, would they be able to say, he is kind, he is tenderhearted, he is forgiving? I hope so. How do you do that when you're mad? How do you do that during a pandemic? How do you do that when you're frustrated? How do you do that when the enemy's he's wreaking havoc in your life? How do you do that? The way you do that is you remember that he is the defeated foe. And you remember who's in you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, like we read in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But my question to you today is this. Is he in you? Have you invited him in? If not... When I pray here in just a moment, I invite you to call on the name of the Lord. It says in Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you invite him in, he's been knocking on the door of your heart and life. 
But have you let him in? He will not force his way into your heart. He will not force his way into your life. But if you let him in, it changes everything. You get adopted into his family forever. And he takes up residence within you. And he will give you the power, the strength, and the wisdom to see the enemy, the real enemy who's at work around you trying to get you to throw grenades at people rather than fight against him on your knees in prayer by standing for what God wants you to do. He will give you the ability and the power to do that if you let him in. So let him in right now. Let's pray. Lord, I come before you thanking you that you've called us to live differently. And we think in so many ways that our goal is to let people know what we think, (laughs) that they know what our opinion is. Lord, what you called us to is kindness, tenderheartedness, humility, love, peace, forgiveness, and mercy. But Lord, we can't do it without your help. And there might be someone watching or someone listening right now that is yet to let you into their lives. And right now, the most important thing they could do is take this big step of faith and say, oh God, forgive me of all of my mistakes and my sins. And I, I turn my life completely over to you now, oh Lord. I want to be adopted in your family. Give me the power to live differently, to no longer be so angry, but to live in peace. Father, I pray that as people hear this and watch this and pray a prayer like this right now, help them to know that they have taken this beautiful next step of faith. This wonderful new journey is now theirs as they're a part of your family. Thank you, Father for all that you've done for us, for your forgiveness that gives us the power to love and forgive others. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so thankful that you've joined us in worship today. And I wanna let you know this. If you just took a next step of faith, we wanna know about it because we wanna pray for you. We wanna encourage you. All you have to do is text the word STEP, S-T-E-P, to 859-356-3162. That's the word STEP. 859-356-3162. We will pray for you. We will encourage you. We will equip you so that you're not walking this new journey of faith alone because he's got a plan and a purpose for you to make you into everything he created you to be and to use your life for his glory. He wants to build your life into something beautiful. So we're going to continue to pray for you as you continue taking the other steps that he has for you next. Thanks for joining us in worship today, guys. I cannot wait to worship with you again next week as we re-enter the campus. If you're staying at home worshiping online, remember this. You're right here with us too. You're a part of this. We're going to all worship together again. Remember, that's at 1030 next week live streaming. So God bless you guys, and I can't wait to see you then.